Hey guys, I'd like to introduce you to a new podcast that I know you're going to love. Do you like travel? Do you like picturesque locations and getting away from it all? Well, this new podcast has all that and murder. It's called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that took place on vacation. Hosted by a true crime fanatic, her comedy writer husband and his TV producing partner, Slaycation brings a unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, and WTF stories of vacations gone horribly wrong. From the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, two recently engaged lovebirds whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended underwater. Each episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that'll intrigue you. It's the discussion between a longtime married couple and business partners who happen to be Emmy-nominated TV producers. Each episode of Slaycation also includes humor, takeaway and travel tips that will keep your next vacation from being your last. If you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Four Chilling and Real Cover-Up Conspiracies It's admittedly easy for us to dismiss conspiracy theories. However, just because some of these accusations seem to be far-fetched, that doesn't entirely mean that conspiracies don't exist. They do, and sometimes the reality is far more horrifying than what the rumors would suggest. Here are four chilling and real cover-up conspiracies. Number 4. Murder-Suicide of Nancy Schaefer To many, Nancy Schaefer was a woman who tried to instigate real change in U.S. politics. The former Georgia state senator was widely admired for her crusade against corruption inside the government, particularly in one specific agency. Her death in 2010, however, stirred some serious controversy which in turn roused the public's curiosity and sentiments. It began on March 26th of 2010, when the politician and her husband, Bruce Schaefer, were found lifeless in their home in Turnerville, Georgia. 
Their daughter, one of the five children, happened to live in the same gated community with the elderly couple. She entered her family's home when she was unable to reach them by phone. Nancy was found with a single gunshot wound to her back. Mr. Schaefer, meanwhile, also died of a single gunshot wound to his chest. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, the agency taking over the case, concluded the deaths to have been a murder-suicide which, according to them, was perpetrated by her husband of 52 years. The most intriguing evidence recovered at the crime scene was a four-page suicide letter that was supposed to be written by the 74-year-old man. The multi-page extensive notes appeared to be strange for some reasons, one of which is that it failed to mention the 13 grandchildren who meant so much to the couple. The letter also indicated what appeared to be some financial matters. Authorities surmised that there might have been some money problems involved, which they thought could have contributed to the suicide. But in reality, at least in the words of their own children, the couple were far from having any financial woes or any marital problems. There had also been questions surrounding the supposed murder weapon used. As what was found out, the gun that killed them was an untraceable type. Family members swore never to have seen that particular weapon, and authorities have yet to give an explanation on this matter. Schaefer, renowned for her conservative stand against abortion and gay marriage, had also been working to uncover controversies on Georgia's child protective services. In her report, The Corrupt Business of Child Protective Services, the feisty ex-senator accused several high-profile figures and Georgia officials of kidnapping children for profit, sexual exploitation, and other forms of abuse. Although these claims have yet to be substantiated, the public believes that her prodding of this sensitive matter may have been what led to the Republicans' demise. Number 3. Michael Hastings' Death by Car Crash In 2010, journalist Michael Hastings was commissioned by Rolling Stone magazine to write a profile story on General Stanley McChrystal. McChrystal was the commander of NATO's International Security Assistance Force during the Afghanistan War. Titled The Runaway General, Hastings' article documented how McChrystal and his staff mocked civilian government officials, including Joe Biden, who was then Barack Obama's vice president. Among those who drew the general's anger were James L. Jones, then the national security advisor, Carl Eckenberry, the U.S. ambassador of Afghanistan, and Richard Holbrook, the special representative for Afghanistan and Pakistan. It didn't take long for the article to catch the public's attention, although he immediately issued a statement of apology the Army General's clear contempt towards the said White House officials resulted in his early resignation. Hastings had written several other publications, most of which focused on the government's investigation of American reporters. And then on June 18, 2013, Hastings died in an automobile crash in Los Angeles, California. 
A former counterterrorism official said that the nature of the accident is consistent with a car cyber attack. Strangely, what they are saying happened was that somebody may have remotely seized control of the writer's car and intentionally crashed it into a tree. Before the tragic accident, Hastings told his colleagues that he had a feeling that the FBI was looking into him. Around that same time, he told his friends that he was onto a big story that would need him to go off the radar. More ominous signs surfaced thereafter. In an interview, a neighbor said that Hastings came to her apartment asking to borrow her car with the reason that he was afraid to drive his own vehicle. The neighbor, however, declined. There were also those who said that the journalist received death threats from unnamed members of the military after the McChrystal article was published. Witnesses said his Mercedes-Benz looked to be speeding as fast as it could possibly go. Flames and sparks were shooting out of the car before it crashed into a palm tree. And to show you how fast the car was going, witnesses said the car's engine ejected and flew 50 to 60 yards away from the scene. Hastings' family accepted the official ruling as purely a vehicular accident, but his friends and colleagues believed that there was something sinister behind the man's death. Number 2. Suicide of Dr. Shane Todd It's scary to think how one's knowledge of certain sensitive matters could put oneself in grave danger. Dr. Shane Todd was a brilliant electrical engineer who just wanted to do his job. However, on June 24, 2012, the American was found dead under curious circumstances in his apartment in Singapore. Local authorities ruled his death as suicide, but his family thought otherwise. They believed that the young man was murdered, the reason being for the exact work that he was doing. Upon earning his doctorate degree in 2010, the Californian was offered a job at the Institute of Microelectronics, a government-run semiconductor firm in Singapore. At the Institute, Dr. Todd was the leading figure in the research and development project centering on a compound called gallium nitride, which is a specialized material that has both civilian and military use. Before his death, the scientist had reportedly met with a Chinese company, later known as Huawei. His family found out during one of their conversations that their son was being pressured by the technology firm to compromise on U.S. security, a thing he strongly refused to do. Unknowingly, this would be the beginning of their son's struggle. In the weeks that followed, Dr. Todd had constantly been expressing fears for his life. He even mentioned visiting a psychiatrist for his anxiety caused by paranoia, and then came news of his suicide. Two days after they were notified, his parents arrived at the man's place. Seeing the scene firsthand, they were convinced that there was foul play involved. They pointed out the initial police report saying that the deceased had made several preparations to set up the mechanism he would later use to end his life, but the family saw no signs of bolted screws and pulleys at his place. 
Singapore police also reported having found suicide notes purportedly written by Todd, but his family and girlfriend were quick to dismiss the veracity of each letter. In one note, he apologized to his parents for being a burden. His mother said that he had never been a burden to them. Meanwhile, another note seemed to praise the institute he was working at, a fact that his girlfriend and even his colleagues utterly discredited, knowing that the man had hated working for that company. Analysts later said that the writing style and tone of the letter appeared to be Asian, which is somewhat detached and unemotional. The photographs taken of the body also showed some differences between what the Singapore coroner and the U.S. mortuary took. The former showed Todd with no abrasions on the neck and bruising on his hands and fingers. They were, however, revealed in the latter's pictures. Also, there was a huge bump on his forehead. There was much more glaring evidence fueling the public's belief that Dr. Todd was probably murdered. They even petitioned the U.S. government to intervene on the investigation. The U.S. Embassy in Singapore, however, said in a statement that the findings indicating that the American citizen died of asphyxia due to hanging were all but comprehensive, fair, and transparent. Number 1. The Boys on the Tracks On August 23, 1987, a 75-car, 6,000-ton Union Pacific train en route to Little Rock passed by the town of Alexander, Arkansas. It was in the wee hours of the morning when the train engineer spotted two boys lying motionless across the tracks. Those boys, later identified to be 16-year-old Don Henry and 17-year-old Kevin Ives, did not move when the operator blared the horn. Those on the train swore seeing the teenagers wrapped in a green tarp Nearby was a 22 caliber rifle and a flashlight. And in later investigations, it was found out that the boys left home around midnight to go hunting. They tried as hard as they could to stop the train, but the momentum carried it over the bodies. Train personnel immediately reported the incident to the railroad and law enforcement authorities, and it didn't take long for the police to arrive on the scene. Much to everyone's surprise, the responding officers did not confirm having seen a tarp. They also ruled that the incident was purely an accident as a result of the boys sleeping on the tracks due to marijuana intoxication. The findings from the state medical examiner corroborated the theory, saying that they found a huge amount of the substance in their bloodstreams. The parents of Henry and Ives could not accept this finding, though and demanded a second autopsy. The bodies were exhumed, and there they found some unnerving truths. By the aid of an independent medical examiner, it was confirmed that Don Henry was stabbed in the back. They had believed that this had happened because his shirt contained evidence of the stab wound. Kevin Ives may have also been bludgeoned on the head using his own rifle, judging from a dent in his skull. A grand jury, which initially ruled the deaths as a probable homicide, was convinced with the findings and immediately changed the ruling to definite homicide. A year later, Dan Harmon, who was actually a prosecutor in the case, 
was arrested for dealing drugs and was then also implicated in the murder. Another man, Keith McCaskill, who was also implicated in the murder, was shortly after stabbed to death by an unknown attacker. There are lots of theories surrounding the tragic incident. A week before their deaths, a man in military fatigues was spotted in the area by a police officer when he opened fire on him but escaped. A similar-looking man had also been reportedly seen near the tracks on the same night that Henry and Ives died. It is now said that the pair may have unintentionally come upon a drug drop from an airplane and were killed for what they had witnessed. However, today, the case still remains unsolved. So there were four chilling and real cover-up conspiracies. The truth behind these horrible cover-ups and conspiracies is yet to be brought to the open. No one knows when it will happen or even if it ever will. Until then, we're left with theories and mere speculations, but certainly no definitive answers. If you guys like this video, then check out our Patreon page, because every week over there, we have chilling and creepy stories that we can't even play on YouTube. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon.